0: I know some of you came um, particularly tonight to hear, I guess it's part two or part three, of, uh, part three of the rejection message that Paul has been talking about. Well, he had to go out of town at the last minute, um, and so did um, our worship leader, Miss Tammy Jackson. Um, Alan's mother has passed away, and they are going to um, be with them for the next few days, so they had to go out of town at the last minute. Um, so, I'm very sorry if, if you, that's the one thing you came here for tonight, and if that was the one thing, please hang in there with me, because I promise it will not be completely boring. Um, if you have not grabbed one of these yet, and you want to, um, nobody is looking at you. You can go ahead and grab one. <laughs> All right. Oh, great. It's already up there. Okay. So, a couple of months ago, In prayer, as I normally am on Monday mornings, Um, I know. And normally, how it goes is I get some distractions out of the way as far as prayer goes, and then I start really praying for whatever I feel like is on the Lord's heart. And the one thing I felt like was on the Lord's heart was revival. And so, and that's something that I know from someone who's been here from the earliest parts of this church. There's been prophetic words spoken about, revival here, and and God pouring out His Spirit here in mighty ways. So I found myself again praying for revival, and I I can stay there for maybe 15 minutes of just praying for it, and um, all of a sudden I heard a resounding voice in my spirit that just says, you're praying for the wrong thing. And I got shocked a little bit, because I'm like, well, isn't that the right thing? Isn't praying for God's Spirit to come down always the right thing? And um, this is the words that I heard. He said, Caleb, you're praying for the wrong thing. You need to be praying this. He said, you need to be praying, Lord, what does the new wineskin look like that is going to hold my spirit? And what that means is that the wineskin in Scripture talks about um, how if you have an old wineskin and you put new wine into it, it breaks. And you have, if you've uh, made a new batch of wine, you have to have a new wineskin new leather beaten out and tanned, to be able to put the wine into. Otherwise, it's going to break open and you're going to lose all of that wine. And what he was saying was, if I'm going to pour out my spirit again, if I'm going to do it like in the days of old, you're going to have to figure out what the new wineskin looks like. What do we, or what are we supposed to look like so that he can pour his presence into us? And so I started praying through that, and the second part of it came, and he said, Caleb, it is going to happen through prayer. Now, if you look back at every single major revival on this planet, you will see that there is some group of people down on their knees before it happened, every single time. Hebrides Islands, in uh, I guess that was over 90 years ago now, the two um, wonderful older women in their 80s, were on their knees for sixty years. Two little, two sisters. They were sisters on their knees for eighty years, praying the spirit of God into, and it was incredible because when it came, it was like, and I'm not exaggerating, a zone of glory, like people who were not even in the prayers were walking by and got, I mean, just completely. convicted and they just were walking by where it was going on, completely convicted and turn their lives over to Jesus and walk in and get saved. And people who had done a crime turned themselves into the cops because everything that they had done was revealed to them and the weight that God felt towards their sin was revealed to them and they turned themselves in. So that kind of zone of glory, you don't even have to be in the presence of the, a particular room and God's doing things. I, was, I know another one that happened maybe 20 years ago, a little town in Arkansas. Um, two Again, two girl, two young girls, ninth graders, they're um, in school, and one Wednesday a month, no, sorry, one Wednesday a week, so every Wednesday for lunch, instead of eating, they fasted and they prayed, and they prayed for the, the three worst kids in the school. And for six months, they prayed for the three worst kids in the school, and after six months... God radically encountered those three people, and those three drug-addicted seniors in high school were radically changed and started revival in their town, so much so that the whole school was showing out on the football field bleachers to have revival meetings for months and months and months, okay? But it always was preceded by prayer. And so I want to look at the very first point, if you would see this, and one of my favorite authors, Oswald Chambers, says this about prayer. Um, he says this, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And what it means there is that m- many times we fall into the uh, habit of, all right, I'm about to go do something. I've already planned it all out. I'm going to pray for just for a second and make sure the Lord blesses it. Or, you know what? We all pray in, b- before our meal, so we sit down and let, Lord, let's bless this meal. And what he's, what he's saying here is that we don't need to make plans and then ask God to bless it. We need to ask God in the first place, what are you doing? Get connected with God and ask him what he's doing before we make all these plans, before we go out and do. So, it doesn't fit us to do great things for God. It is the greatness of our life. It is what we're supposed to be doing. Now, I, need, I know we're going to define this, I promise. Um, we're going to get very clear on all that parts because I'm going to get really practical, but I'm fighting myself tonight because I really want to go deep and get practical at the same time. So please forgive me if I'm a little bit up and down with practical and deep. So um, John 17, 3 says, uh, actually, I'm going to go back first. Um, When Jesus was about to be crucified, that's in chapter 17 of John, and it says... Um, that he sweat blood. Anybody remember that scripture, that he was so intense that he sweat blood? And I always thought, you know, it's because he didn't want to go to the cross, right? That was the reason. He didn't want to go. And he didn't really want to die for me. And that's how I translated it for a long time. And then I realized that if you really look at all of his prayer that goes on here, it wasn't about that. What he was praying was, there's one brief scripture. Yes, Lord, let this cup pass from me if it's your will. But there's so much more here that he's praying for us, particularly, that pertains to this. So John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life that, you, that they, meaning us, may know you, the only true God. This is eternal life. We know John 3, We do we, we do what it says, and we get eternal life. Wonderful. But that doesn't mean Just live in eternity. John right here says, that or describes what Jesus was talking about, is that it is not eternal life that I just live eternally. It is eternal life that I may know God. Right away we have to establish for prayer that just sending up requests to God is not going to bring that revival that we're talking about. That's not the new wineskin. That's not what it is. Just sending things up. And I'm going to tell you in a little bit deeper in a second. I want you to, if, you're, if you have your Bibles open, you're going to skip down to verse 24. But in the same chapter in John 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also would be with me where I am. We know that Jesus, after He died, ascended into heaven, and I know many times we say we're going to invite Jesus into our heart. What we're really doing is inviting the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, into our life, because right now Jesus is seated on the throne next to His Father. That's where He positionally is right now. And I know this is silly, but I I have to do this because this is the best way that I've ever seen this taught. Um, can I get four people? Can you like you two come up or? Um, Andre, can you come up for a second? Can I have one more person to help me out with? Andre, Zach, can you jump up here for a second? Okay, can you guys come up here for a second? Okay, I want to. This is how was it was best described to me, in the connection with prayer. I want you to look at this. All right. Um, so right here, I'm going to go. To, all right, right here, in the center, I'm going to put him in the center. Father God. Okay, seated on the throne in heavenly places. We know He's there right? Now, it says that Jesus is ascended and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, okay? Now, remember, the goal is we want to connect with Father. He says, I desire that they be with me where I am. Jesus was saying that. But eternal life is that we may know Father. So I experience eternal life. God desires me to be with him. There's a connection here. They want me to connect with with them. But what happens here is that I don't connect directly to this because I, there has to be another part to this. And the Holy Spirit, I know, don't, don't get weird with me. Can you guys hold hands for a second? Can you guys connect? Okay, the Holy Spirit is connected to Jesus. They, they live in, in unity in three parts, and they're connected to each other in unity. When I come to him, can this come to this down? When I come to him in prayer, I have to get connected to this line of authority right here, For me to be able to dwell with Jesus and to understand Father God in all of his glory, I have to go through this channel or it doesn't work. Okay? And that's why many people are praying to a God without the assignment of the Holy Spirit and they try to skip parts of it and they don't get their prayers answered. Okay? Or other religions have said, well, there is, there is a God, but I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't believe in the Holy Spirit, so they try to go directly to it, and you cannot do that. You have to go through the source. And what I'm going to talk about in just a second is intercession, that's one part of prayer, is like this. I need prayer. I need to connect with God. This person right here begins to pray for me. I get connected to the line, but I cannot live here. What what do I have to do? I have to get connected to the source as well. Okay, I cannot live in a place of just uh, of c- getting connected this way. I have to get beyond that to deeper places with God and connect in that way. Thank you guys. I'll give me a hand. Thank you guys. So, one of the biggest questions that. Um, the disciples asked Jesus, and this point B on your thing is, uh, is what? I said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Now, it is not teach us how to have better finances. It's not teach us how to have, um, be better at healing people. It's not teach us how to do all these other things, not teach me how to lead worship better. Okay, incredible job, but that's not what Jesus was that's not what they're talking about. That's not the main thing. And they said, okay, if you're going to leave us, teach us how to connect with your Father. Teach us how to connect with you. We have to know this. And he goes into this incredible, you know, prayer that is so detailed and it's so amazing. And if I had time to go through all the parts, um, you know, he talks about us being unified, but we don't, many times we don't see it. We, he talks about daily bread and eating of him that, that many times we don't, how do I say this right? Imagine if you, only ate, if you only ate one meal a week, one meal a week, and that meal was prepared for you at a restaurant, you know it was waiting for you, you could have it once a week, you had the capability of eating on your own, you had the money to buy food, you had all of these things, but there's one meal a week that you know somebody else is prepared for you, so you go eat that meal, and that's it. That is what just coming to Sunday morning service is like. You cannot just eat one meal a week and expect to be filled of the things of God. Can't do it. It doesn't work like that. You continually need to eat. That's why he says, give us this day our daily bread. It's not one time a week. It's not even just two times a week. It is a continual thing. If I want to know my wife, and know her likes, her dislikes, and all of that, those things, two or three hours a week is not going to cut it. It's just not. And for me to be able to know him like I really need to know him so that he can pour our spirit into us, I have to be able to spend time in prayer and time in connection with him. So um, I want to go through a couple of things. Um, the pr- Hebrew word for prayer is tefillah, and tefillah literally means a spiritual communion with God. Now, it has nothing to do, it doesn't say anything about words there, does it? doesn't it say anything about uh, Prayer is talking a lot to God. It's not. It's communion. It's connecting with him and spending time with him, and sometimes maybe you need to just not talk. It's just the truth. We do a lot of talking sometimes. Adam Clark, an author, says, Prayer requires more of the heart than of the tongue. It is so much about, more about your attitude towards him than about what we say. Now, there are amazing verses in Scripture that we can claim. There are promises of God. I'm not uh, circumventing those there are literal promises. If we line up and pray those prayers, we do get blessing because that's how he set things up. But the heart behind it is important, extremely important. So, prayer is not. I want you to, if you want to read this, you can. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but getting God's will done on earth. It is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. He's seated in heavenly places waiting to pour out his spirit. He's set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You can dine whenever you want to. He's laid out that the way to do it through the spirit and Jesus to get to him. He's done all the parts that he ever is going to have to do to get through to us to make us right with him. But we have to understand, that. and I don't know why, but for some reason it's, it's, it's been taught for many years that if I do the right things, then God listens to me. It's called performance orientation. It means if I do it right, then God loves me. Some of you guys may be dealing with that. Some of you guys may come in here completely plagued by one sin you did this week. Because you feel like, God, I just don't know if I'm, I'm worthy of being in his presence. Guess what? That's not the point. You're worthy because he says you are. That's it. What you call yourself doesn't really matter a lot to God. He says, why don't you figure out what I say about you? That can only happen in a place of prayer. I'm sorry. All the words that I ever speak to you and everything that I ever am going to tell you is not going to be enough to convince you until you hear it from him. You need to connect with him. We're going to go through five types of prayer really quickly. And it's re- I like this a lot because actually, yes, we're going to go through here, um, because it's going to be displayed in, in five fingers here in a second. I'll show you. Supplication or petition is to ask humbly or earnestly now when i go through all these i want you to understand this is this is christianity prayer 101 this is the five basic types because there are so much deeper things after this that i want you to talk about supplication that is one type i come before you lord i need something that is the most common that we most of the time end up doing right lord i need something i don't think about the lord until it's time for until i have broke my leg and then the lord heal my leg or until I'm really hungry, then Lord, I need some money for some food. Well, we have to get past that Um, because God really does care about how much time you spend with him, by the way. He does care. Number two, intercession, which is pleading on behalf of someone else. I talked about that in that line, that someone can get connected by intercession. Um, When Brandy can step in and pray for me, being hurting or lost. That's why I'm on this prayer list. We are interceding for people. When we intercede, we ask on behalf of someone else, I am connected to the vine. I can get favor. I have blessing. I connect with someone else through the Spirit, and they can get that too. They can't stay there, but they can get that for a brief time. Number three is praise, which is simply giving God all the glory that He deserves. That's a lot. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There's no end to that. Praise is something that I feel like this church is very good at. We know that God is amazing. He is glorious and beautiful and we're good at praising him because, and we need to be good at it. But yet again, there's, there are deeper things. Thanksgiving, very simple. Giving thanks, that's something that we do a lot of times around the dinner table. Lord, thank you for this day. I know that's one of the first lines that comes out of my mouth most of the time. Um, So all four of those are good, yet we still have to go deeper. Fifth one, confession, telling God the wrong things you have done and asking for forgiveness. Very vital, extremely vital to everything that we do. We have to confess our sins. We can't just live in a place of pride and arrogance where we don't care He's done an amazing, great things. He's died on the cross for us. We can't live in a place where we don't care about confession, and we don't care about these five things. But when we look at this, and this is an easy way to remember this, there's one thing, ooh, that was not supposed to be there. Okay, I'll go through this real quick. I'm um, show you some verses for each one of these, and then we'll at the end. Psalm 5, verse 3, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. That's supplication. Father, I need you. I ask you to come. Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. He cares. He does. He passionately cares. He does want you to ask but he wants something in return. Intercession. One, of the, one thing that I, is very burdened on my heart lately, intercession. First of all, I urge you that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. One, one of the things I love about that verse is it literally means all people. In Scripture, it means the entire world. So, the people that you don't like, the people that whoever horribly thought up what happened in Boston, we need to pray for them. We desperately need to pray for them. Okay. For all of the victims that are in emotional hurt right now, we desperately need to pray for them. And why couldn't a group like us, lifting up our voices in prayer to him, move something in the spirit thousands of miles away? God doesn't, God doesn't look at it like a thousand miles away. Space and time are in the palm of his hand. He sits there at the same moment. It says, I am here and I am here. There's no difference. But he cares about what we do. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. The second part of this is that we do need to pray for each other. It's what this, this, is, this is what uh, this prayer list is all about right here. Getting, connected with, getting people connected with a higher power. But it's not just about um, physical need anymore. There's deeper spiritual needs. Let's go to uh, con, uh, yeah, confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's something, a verse we hear a lot. It is a super, uh, <laughs> that was weird, a super huge, large, I can't even describe to you, important part that you stay humble before God in confession when you come to him in prayer. But, like I said before, it is not all about you getting it right. It's about understanding that you don't have it right and approaching him in that way. So, in confession, we have to understand, it's, I, I bring, my, bring it before him, but some people have gotten really caught up in all the things that they've ever done wrong. And this is one part of many that we have to do. So, when we bring ourselves in, in, in confession before him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, when we've dealt with it, it needs to be done. And we need to go on to deeper things with him. We need to go on to bigger things with him. We need to get our perspective sometimes out away from ourselves. So far, thanksgiving and, uh, sorry, um, confession and um, supplication or petition. Those two, I believe, we're really good at a lot of times. Lord, thank or Lord, I need something. Uh, Also, thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for this, and this, but it's really just talking about us a lot. Lord, you know, thank you for this. I need this, and then I'm going to deal with my own sin, but what about all the stuff around you? And sometimes we get caught up in confession so much that, we don't realize that he's desiring to do so much bigger things. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. That's self explanatory, but again, confession is a huge part of this and understanding prayer. Number four, Thanksgiving. Ooh, I skipped ahead. Hang on. Go back. Sorry. Let's try this one more time. Missed a verse. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Having a thankful heart is a huge part of prayer. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. I, if I have nothing else to say, I end up doing two things. One, God, I love you. God, you're incredible. I love you so much. I, I tell him how much, and I appreciate everything he's done. But I thank him. That's one of the fallbacks. I think for many of us it is. We have nothing else to say. Father, thank you for everything you've done. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Everything, even when it hurts, even when it's difficult, all of it, we need to praise and give thanks to God. The last one, praise, just said it. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You guys are in right here right now, which means you're probably breathing. Praise him with everything you have. That is a huge part. But I want you to see right here, all five of these are connected. And this is one easy way. Ooh, is it not going to stay there? ha! Oh, that stinks. All right. You, you can leave. I don't know what, what's going on. I must have put in a... Something in there. If you look at this right here, and I'll just go through them quickly. The five fingers on your hand it help you remember the five things. But um, your pinky is praise. Index finger, is, index finger is uh, intercession. Your center finger is confession. Your pointer finger is thanksgiving, and uh, your thumb is petition. And uh, it's uh, it's just goes through those five that we just did. But, actually, I guess in other order. Yeah, we did the other way. But, um, they're all connected by one thing. And I don't know if you briefly saw it on there, but did you see what was written on the palm? Listening. Listening. All of these, all of these parts of prayer, all of us being able to connect with God, it has to come back to, in the end, us finding out what God is saying. Because after I praise Him, after I confess my sins, I enter into his presence. I tell him how great he is, how beautiful he is. I've prayed for other people, all these things. We have to get to comfortable enough to sit and not talk in God's presence. We have to. You know why? Because in the days to come, it's going to get a lot harder. And you need to know what God's saying about your life. You need to know what God desires for you to do for that day because he's going to have divine appointments set up for you. He's going to have amazing prosperity in your spirit, and you will miss it if you do not wait and listen on and listen to what he has to say. A lot of words can make us... It may be easy to talk a lot, because I know it's uncomfortable to listen, because you're like, okay, well, I don't understand. And maybe sometimes, maybe you've never heard the voice of God before. And you know what it is? It's still a small, quiet voice inside of you. And it's really hard. But you have to be able to shut out the distractions sometimes. For me, I, it is easy if I have quiet music on. Um, many people, they need complete silence. Whatever it looks like, you need to be able to connect with God and listen so i want you to i got mean, this very funny brief video clip and i want you to look at the different types of prayer because this is some common mistakes that we make when approaching god that um, we have to be careful of my prayer life is
1: vibrant and it's active daily i like to commune with god at nighttime. i get under those warm covers and i kiss my wife goodnight. And I just start talking to God. Just me and God. Tell him everything. Makes me just sleepy. Just thinking about it. And there I am. Just laying in bed. Laying out my request to him. And he's hearing me. I know that I'm in good company. Where was I? The efficiency of one's prayers. Are directly congruent to the position of one's body. Therefore, the legs should be saying, God, help me. In, uh, there are times that me and God do not talk, and that is not God's fault. That is mine. I just get so busy. And so when I do end up talking to God, I really just try to impress him, give him a show, just to show him how much I love him. So excuse me, will you, as I pray to God? Oh, heavenly Father, oh, heavenly Father, beseech me not unto thee, how now, brown cow? Oh, thy soul is so dry, and if I can just catch a morsel of who, you walk so verily, merrily, (coughs) down the stream. (laughs) I just want to be used by you, God. I I want to be soft and light and light. Salt and salt and salt and peppers and 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 black olives and those bit- When I like to get my prayer on, uh, there's some things I keep in mind. Um, I think it's totally awesome that uh, God is like Santa Claus and He wants to give you the things that you want. Therefore, you need to keep lists of things. My list currently has 745 prayer requests on them. So then when I go to the Lord in prayer, it looks a little something like this. I'll just pray real quick. Um, Let's see, the Uno thing on my list is my mom. And so I'll pray for her now. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this sweet salt of the earth lady that you have blessed me with to be my mother. And I tell you thank you. And although I know that I'm called to respect her and I give her all due respect, there's also an issue of something she truly needs. And that is to stop a yapping. Lord, she yaps and she doesn't know how to stop yapping. So could you please make her mute just for a day? Nothing permanent. Don't hurt her, I love her. Just mute her. Take your big God remote and push mute on her channel. That would be great. Henceforth I would go on and pray all 746
2: things. God, you are greater than anything this world has to offer. And I can't wait for you to come back and get us. But until that time comes, would you help me just to to live my life day after day as if I'm just walking hand in hand with you? God, I, I have a lot of needs. And I have a lot of wants. And sometimes I get those things confused. Help me to just trust you to meet my needs. And be thankful when you give me those other things that I just want. God, I have blown it so many times today, and I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. I don't take it for granted. And God, as I start this day out, I'm just reminded that this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes. Please help me to walk in such a way where I won't stumble so much. And as I'm going through this day, God, Help me to live my life in such a way that would bring you glory and honor. May the life that I live be a life of worship to you. Amen.
0: What we see there is, it is funny, but sometimes we do fall into those tendencies. We, we want things from God, and we make our lists, and we ask just like we're supposed to. We are supposed to ask. We confess our sins just like we're supposed to. We thank him just like we're supposed to. We do all five things. But when, in the end, we desperately need to take time and listen to him. Any part of those five that we leave out is part of God's desire for us that we are leaving out of our own lives. When we don't have a heart that is thankful, does that really move him? Because he knows whether we're thankful or not. it's about the heart. If we really aren't sorry, if we don't ever get around to the confession part, Are we really sorry for our sins? You could go through all five of those like that, but I want to just say this. It's. I'm sorry. I'm going to go through a couple of truths first, and we'll say that last. Last thing on here. Truth number one God does care about how much time we spend with Him, He does. It is a big deal to him. And we saw it with the very first person on there who was sitting there saying, I'm, I always talk to God when I'm falling asleep. Okay? When I'm drifting off, that's when I, you know, throw up my communion time. We're supposed to commune with him, right? My communion time with God, that's when I do it. The problem is he does care about our time. It is a sacrifice to him that we give our time to him and not give the worst. That's why he set up this amazing thing. See, before we didn't need a sacrifice, we were in the garden, we didn't need any, anything. We were in complete communion with God. We sinned, he had to set up a sacrifice, but it wasn't necessarily pure, it was just a sacrifice. Then he took it another step further and he said, No, I need a white lamb. I need the best of your fruit. He built it up, and then he said, I'm going to give the best of my fruit. And he got bigger and bigger with it, and he got more perfect to show us how precious we are to him. That he would do all of that just to bring us back to him, just so that we would be able to commune and connect with him. But it is important that we don't forget that he wants the best of us, which also includes our time. Truth number two. Outwardly expressing yourself in prayer is good, but not necessary. It is not a have to. I love the guy who's trying to do a, make himself into a pretzel for God, you know? Yes, if, I, I would say that most of the time sitting by myself is when I pray, but actually that happens in the car. I'm in the car a decent amount of time, and I drive a lot of different places, and to be honest, that's when the most productive time with me and God happens. Now, am I paying attention to the road excellently? Mostly, yes. I'm trying, but I get a lot from the Lord when I'm driving. And for me, I got convicted this week. He said, you know, Caleb, that's really easy for you to do because you don't have anything better to do when you're doing that. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I'm giving you time, I'm giving you hours a day! And he's like, yeah, but they're not the best hours. They're the easiest hours of your day. They're, the day. they're the part of the day that you can do it the easiest. That you can spend time with me simply. What about the hard moments? What about the most precious moments? Are you going to willing to commune with me then? Are you willing to shut out distraction then? And it Just food for thought. Third third truth here. Prayer is about finding out God's will, not telling him your own. After we've done all of the talking, and this this hits home with the listening again, after we've done all the talking, we really, really need to find out what he is saying, what his desires are how he feels about things, how he feels about us. And when he's, if he's going to pour his spirit out and send revival to our church, to the city, to the region, to our nation, getting in right prayer is going to be very important. And I only say this because God took me on that journey that one day and took me for hours of study and prayer afterwards to say that if We are not going to figure out the new wineskin. We're not going to figure out how we're supposed to look, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to act, what things we're supposed to focus on, unless we spend time with Him and let Him tell us. Communion with Him, not just conversation, especially not one way. Time where you possibly are sitting by yourself And you're not hearing anything. But you're willing to wait long enough for the really good things. So I know, I apologize if this was a little heavy, but the reason that I was so passionate about it, and I'm ending right now, I promise, is that he said it had to happen. It wasn't a light suggestion. He said if we're going to get revival in our land, we have to figure this out, and it is only through communion with him, getting to really know him, getting intimate with him in deeper levels, and I'm not just talking about three or four people. Now, I've, we've, I've, I've talked about before, we've seen revival come out of three or four people into a region, but do we have 60 years? I'm, that would make me 84 I want that before 60 years is up. I'm sorry. Miss Nona's was laughing. She wants it. <laughs> she does. We want it now. But it is going to take a community that lays themselves down and says, Father, I will spend time with you. Father, in the hardest parts of my day, I will commune and figure out what you're saying about my life, about the people around me, about my region. I will will offer up all five of those. I will be whole in my prayer life and I will be willing to listen no matter how difficult the answers or the questions that come up. No matter how... You know what? Sometimes the hard part is that when you ask you're afraid of the answers. You're afraid of what God might ask you to do. I was praying one morning. I was uh, pulling weeds. It was three, four summers ago. I had a job over the summer pulling weeds, in a, and that was nine o'clock in the morning because it was the only time that was cool enough in the summertime to pull weeds. And I was praying, Lord, use me, Lord, use me, Lord, use me. And then all of a sudden, he said, I want you to look over there because I had my headphones in. That woman over there her name is, and she gave me her name, which I've never gotten that before. Gave me your name, said, I want you to go talk to her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you want me to tell her her name and then and go talk to her? He said, Yes, I want you to do that. And I freaked out, <laughs> as many of us would. Whoa! And I watched her go in the store, and I watched her go out, and then I realized something. I was willing to talk and say, Lord, use me all I wanted. But I was unwilling to get the answer and then do something about it. If our prayer life doesn't end up changing us, if the connection that you have with God is not changing you on a daily basis, you need to revisit this and realize there's something missing in the circle of prayer. There's something missing in the communion with Him because I promise in His presence you change. In his presence, we, we transform into who he is, in his presence we in his presence we're made whole, and we look like him versus what the horrible things that sometimes we look like. So let me close in prayer. I apologize for going a little bit long, um, but I felt it really needed to be said. So Father. I thank you so much that you gave me this word tonight and that these wonderful people allowed me to say it. And I ask that it would go beyond our ears and into our hearts and we would be able to learn how to commune in deeper and deeper levels with you every single day. I ask that all of the parts of our prayer life be made whole and transformed so that we are able to connect with you, listen to you, understand your voice and your urgings like we've never had before. I pray the sensitivity level of the Spirit in each person's heart would rise tonight to a whole new level and again tomorrow to another level and again tomorrow to another level so that we would be able to hear your voice and really know it's you that we would be able to hear your spirit speaking to us and we would be willing to be obedient to that. Father, we give you all the glory and the honor tonight because without you, we're nothing. We need you. If we do not have you, I feel like my heart is going to break. Father, we desire you to come We are a group who desires you to come and have your way in this place and in our hearts in in this region, Father. We do desire it, and I know I can name people in this room whose hearts have been crying out for years for this coming revival to happen. But, Father, we must be willing to lay down everything for that to happen. So, Father, we lay down the best of ourselves, our time, our energy, our money, whatever it takes, Father. And we say, have your way. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you tonight. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you on Sunday.